Hey, young world, what it do? It's your boy, Brother Rick, here one more time with the Be Righteous Podcast. And as usual, make sure you like, subscribe, and more importantly, share what we going to talk about today. So as I'm sure you have noticed, we are doing the regurgitation of Paul. Last week, we did the regurgitation of Jesus. We showed you how that Jesus didn't teach anything new. He only taught what was already taught in the beginning. He just did it in a way that would help you better understand what you already should have known or what you already should have been studying. Well, today, we're going to look at Paul and we're going to see how he did the same thing. Now, a lot of people base the fact that they don't have to keep the laws of the Old Testament or anything that's in the Old Testament for that matter. They base it off of Paul. They say, Paul said, Paul said, Paul said, Paul said, Paul said. Listen, today, we're going to find out exactly what Paul actually said so that we can help get rid of all of the excuses and so that you can do what you're supposed to do instead of not doing what you're supposed to do. Do you feel me? Now, as you can hear, I'm doing it over my phone again. So, I guess y'all gonna have to be exposed a little more to the fact that Brother Ricky sometimes can't read, but that's okay, because we gonna do this thing anyway. So, like usual, let's go ahead and jump into this thing and see how Paul only taught us what was already being taught outside of the testimony of Jesus Christ. All right, let's do it. So let's start this thing in Romans 1 and verse 17. Romans 1 and verse 17. This is what it says. It says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And, nope, it don't say and. See, I'm starting already. It says, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, where did he get it from? Let's go to Habakkuk, and we're going to go to chapter 2 and verse 4. We're going to do this thing just like we did it last week, y'all. We're going to hit it and quit it. We're going to read it, and we're going to keep it moving right along because the scripture says what it says. I ain't got a whole lot to add to it. At least I don't think I do. <laughs> Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Psalms 62, verse 12. We're going to flip-flop it here real fast. We're going to see what Psalm says, and then we're going to see what Paul says. Psalm 62, verse 12. This is what it says. It says, Also unto thee, O Lord, belongs mercy, for you render us to every man according to his works. Let's go to Romans chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 5 through 6. We're going to see that Paul said the exact same thing, but it was not out of his own mind. It was out of the book, something that he had already been taught. Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 6 says, But after thy hardness and uh, impenitence, and see, there we go. Go ahead, get it off. Go ahead, laugh. An infinite heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his 
deeds. Regurgitation. He's only telling you what's already been told to you. First Corinthians chapter five, verses one through three. This is what it says. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from, from among you. For I verily as absent in the body but present in the spirit have judged already as though I were present concerning him that so done that has so done this deed so it tells us right here in the scripture about fornication so he talked about fornication then he gave you an example about how a man can't have his father's wife and how that when you are doing these type of things you can be taken or you will be taken from among uh, the people, the children of Israel, right? So let's look at those three aspects. Let's look at the fornication aspect. Let's go to Ezekiel 16, and we're going to read verses 24 through 29. Again, this is just a regurgitation. He's not telling you something that he's making up or something that came to him that's new, but it's something that's always been going on. And the judgment as far as uh, remove uh, someone who's committing these things being removed from the people that judgment has always been here. So again, Ezekiel 16, verses 24 through 29. It says that you has also built unto you an imminent place and has made you a high place in every street. That you has built your high place at every head of the way and has made your beauty to be abhorred and has opened thy feet to everyone that passed by and multiplied your whoredoms. This is God talking to Israel through Ezekiel. It says, you has also committed fornication with the Egyptians, your neighbors, great of flesh, and has increased thy whoredoms to provoke me to anger. Behold, therefore, I have stretched out my hand over thee and have diminished thine ordinary food and delivered you unto the will of them that hate you, the daughters of the Philistines, which are ashamed of your lewd way. You has played the whore also to the Assyrians. Because you has, because you was insatiable, yea, you has played the harlot with them, and yet couldest not be satisfied. Thou has moreover multiplied thy fornications in the land of Canaan unto Chaldea, and yet you was not satisfied herewith. So we see here that the uh, the children of Israel are being rebuked for their fornications, right? Let's go to Leviticus 18 and verse 8. Now, let's see where he got this, that a man can't have his father's wife. This is what it says in Leviticus 18 and verse 8. It says, the nakedness of your father's wife shall you not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. You can't have your father's wife. He wasn't making this up. This wasn't some new revelation that he had. This is just him regurgitating what was already said. Now, let's look at the judgment when somebody does these type of fornication, uh, these type of deeds, so to speak. Let's go to Leviticus 18, that same 18. Let's skip down to verse 29. Leviticus 18, verse 29. 
It says, for whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even that soul that commits them shall be cut off from among their people. So the judgment that Paul was talking about when he said that you haven't even mourned for the person that's doing these deeds, how they're going to be removed from you. Listen, he wasn't just making it up. See, in the next life, that's exactly what's going to happen. That person that's doing those deeds will not get to live in the holy city with those that didn't do those things. They will be removed from them. That's always been God's judgment and it will forever be his judgment. Paul didn't make it up. He was regurgitating it. Next. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. We're going to read chapter 4 and verse 6. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. You say you can't defraud your brother. Let's see where he got it from. Leviticus 19 and verse 13. Again, that's Leviticus 19 and verse 13. It says, you shall not defraud your neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with you all night until the morning. Only regurgitating what was already written. 1 Thessalonians 4. We're going to go back there. This time we're going to read verses 7 through 8. Again, 1 Thessalonians 4, where we were just a second ago. But we're going to read verses 7 and 8. It says, For God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God, who has also given unto us his Holy Spirit. So, it tells us that we are called to holiness. This is nothing new. We have always been called to holiness. Let's look at it. Let's go back to the Leviticus 19. And this time we're going to read verse 2. Leviticus 19 and verse 2. God has always wanted us to be holy. Paul knew that. Therefore, he regurgitated what he knew. Leviticus 19 and 2 says, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel. Say unto them, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Let's look at another one. Let's go to Deuteronomy 14, and we're going to read verses 2 and 3. Deuteronomy 14, verses 2 and 3. It says, For you are a holy people unto the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a peculiar people unto him. Above all the nations that are upon the earth, you shall not eat any abominable things. Listen, he said you are a holy people. This is what you are called to be. You are called to holiness, right? Paul said, for God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. Let's look at some more. Let's go back to that first Thessalonians again. Yes, again. Which chapter? Chapter 4 again. But what are we reading? Verses 9 through 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 9 through 12. This is what it says. It says, But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you. For you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren 
which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack, I'm sorry, and that you may have lack of nothing. Yeah. So he told us right here that I don't have to write to you about brotherly love because God has already told you how to love one another. He's already taught us how to do that. So then he gave a few examples of how we should be doing that. He's not teaching us how to. He's just giving us a few examples. And that's what he said when he said, uh, and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business. Mind your business and take and, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. So where did he get this from that we should uh, walk honestly toward one another, right? And that we should love um, our brethren. Let's go back to that Leviticus 19 again. Yes, again. And this time we're going to read verses 14 through 18. Leviticus 19 verses 14 through 18. This is what it says. It says, you shall not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shall fear the Lord. I am the Lord. You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, you shall not respect the person of the poor, nor dishonor the person of the mighty. Uh, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Mind your business. Neither shall you stand against the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate thy brother in thy heart. Remember brotherly love. You shall in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. You got to correct them only through the word, though. It says you shall not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. This is where Paul is getting it from. He ain't making it up. It ain't no new thing. He's telling you what's already been said. Now, let's look at it somewhere else. Another way that God teaches us how we're supposed to love one another. Remember, he said God already taught you how to love one another. Let's see where he taught us. Let's go to Exodus 20. We're going to read verses 12 through 17. Yes, I said Exodus 20. We go into the commandments. He put it in the commandments. Verses 12 through 17. This is what it says. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord God, which the Lord your God gives you. It says you shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness, witness against thy neighbor. Uh, you shall not covet thy neighbor's house. You shall not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. He's telling you how to love one another. The first four commandments teach you how to love God. The last six teach you how to love people. This is what Paul was showing us. Let's look at one more so that we'll know for sure that all he was teaching us to do was keep the commandments. Let's go to 1 John 5 and 3. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. How do we know for sure that all Paul was teaching us to do is to go read the commandments and do them when he's talking about love? 
First John 5 and 3 says, For this is the love of God. The love of who? Brother Ricky? Nah, this says that this is the love of God. It's not the love of Paul, the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So, for well, this is the love of God. So when Paul said, God has already taught you how to love one another, all Paul is saying is what was already told to you, to keep the commandments. Let's look at some more. Let's go over here to Romans. Let's come on up out of that first Thessalonians. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 5 through 8. Romans 10, verses 5 through 8. This is what it says. It says, For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ from the dead. But what says it? The word is nigh thee or near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. So when some people read this, they say, see, he talked about what Moses said, but then he goes on to tell us something extra. That's not really the case. He talked about what Moses said. Then when he said, uh, uh, it says, but the righteousness, which is of faith speaks on this wise. He goes on to continue to talk about what Moses said. But how do we know that? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30, and we're going to read verses 11 through 14. Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 through 14. It says, For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from you, neither is it afar off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh or very near unto you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Paul only regurgitated what was already being taught, the same things that he was being taught, that Holy Spirit that lives in us. This word is spirit. That's what Jesus told us, right? He said, my word is spirit. My words are spirit and they are life. That Holy Spirit in Paul, which is this word, is is the only thing that he's telling us. What's in him is what's coming out of him. Nothing new. But let's go on. Let's go back to Romans 10. And this time we're going to read verse 13. Romans 10 and verse 13. This is what it says. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Where did this come from? Was this something new that came once Jesus died? Or is it something that has always been around since we already know that Jesus has always been around? Let's go to Joel chapter 2, verse 32. Joel, some people call it Joel. I'm not really sure. We're going to do both. Let's go to Joel or Joel chapter 2, verse 32. And let's see what it says. It says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Nothing new, only regurgitated. 
Let's go back to that Romans 10 again. And this time we're going to skip down and read verse 15. So Romans 10 again, 10 again. I'm going to put that in the song. Y'all look for that with 10 again. <laughs> Romans 10 and verse 15. This is what it says. It says, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written. First of all, we know as soon as he says as it's written, it ain't coming from him. It says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Where did he get it? Isaiah 52 verse 7. Isaiah 52 and verse 7. It says this, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings, that publishes peace, peace that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that says unto Zion, thy God reigns. Only telling you what's already been told to you, making sure that you know what it is you should be understanding, what it is that you should be studying, what it is that you should be following, all the laws that you should be keeping. That's all Paul was telling us to do. He's telling us to do what's already been told to do. Let's go on. First Corinthians. We're going to read chapter 15 and verse 55. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 55. He says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Did this come out of Paul's mind or did it come from somewhere else? Hosea 13 and 14. Hosea 13 and 14. It says, I will ransom from I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plague. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 7. Let's see what else we can find in here that Paul was teaching us that came from the book and not out of the mind of a man. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 7 says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Let's see where he got it from. Now, mind you, a lot of these scriptures that we're calling out today, there are several references in the Old Testament. But I'm only finding one for the uh, the sake of the lesson. Some of them I find a couple of them, but for the most part, I'm only finding one. All right. But there's plenty of them out there. And I know we're not covering all the different things that Paul regurgitated from the Old Testament. Y'all quit laughing. I know somebody out there laughing. Cut it out now. This is a serious matter. This serious business. Cut out the laughing. Anyway. So, again, I know we're not covering all the different uh, uh, lessons or, 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 or precepts or laws that Paul regurgitated from the Old Testament, but we're hitting a few of them, all right? So, again, um, he said, for we brought nothing into the world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. So, let's go to Job chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 20 through 21. Let's see what Paul learned from Job. Job chapter 1 verses 20 through 21. It says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. 
and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return. That means with nothing I came out and with nothing is how I'm going to return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So Paul didn't make this up. It's not something that he just realized one day. It was something that's already been taught. Something that was already instilled within him. Let's move right along. Let's go to Philippians 3. And we're going to read chapter 3. Oh, I said Philippians 3, didn't I? Uh, verse 3 through 6. So Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 6. It says this. For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinks that he has whereof the might, that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day out uh, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. So we're about to wrap this thing up. But before we do that, we just want to look at a few things here real fast, right? Because people keep telling us or people are under the impression that Paul is the reason they don't keep what's in the Old Testament, as I stated in the beginning of the lesson. But I'm tired of people putting words in Paul's mouth. So what we're going to do is if we're going to go here through Acts real fast. We're going to hit a couple chapters in Acts and we're going to see what Paul said out of his own mouth, right? There's nothing like hearing it from the horse's mouth. Not saying that Paul is a horse, but I think you understand what I mean. So instead of letting others put words in Paul's mouth, we are going to let Paul speak for himself just like they did in Acts. So the first thing we see here in the Philippians is how Paul helped you to understand that he is an Israelite out of the tribe of Benjamin. He is a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's like, I'm just not the average Hebrew. I am a Hebrew of Hebrews, which means I do all the things that I'm supposed to do and I don't play around with this thing. He says, um, as touching the, the law of Pharisee, that was the strictest sect of the law the Pharisees was. He said, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness, which is in the law. He said, blameless, which means he had never done anything to break the law uh, willingly. Not saying he didn't do anything in ignorance because we know that he persecuted the church in ignorance because of Jesus. We can read that. But once he got some knowledge, he didn't do it again. So therefore, in God's sight, he's blameless because Jesus died for his ignorant sin which is a whole nother lesson. We've talked about it a thousand times, but let's move on. I don't want to harp on that too long. So let's see what Paul said. Let's see uh, uh, how Paul spoke for himself. Let's see if Paul told us we ain't got to do that stuff or if Paul stood on the fact that he did it and we're supposed to. So let's start this thing in Acts 26. We're going to read Acts 26. We're going to read verses 1 then we're going to skip down and read verses 22 through 25. This is what it says. It says, having therefore, nope, that's 22. <laughs> Let's go back up to verse one. It says, then Agrippa said unto Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. 
So let's see how Paul answered for himself. He said this, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other thing than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should raise from the dead, rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning does make you mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. So this is the same thing a lot of people tell us. When you get to breaking down certain scriptures, they like, see, you know too doggone much. You missing the focus because you know too much. You too smart for your own good. No, Paul said, that's not the case. I'm not too smart for my own good. He said, the words that I speak to you are truth and soberness. Look, he said, I'm speaking out of a conscious mind. And he knew what he was saying to him. Again, we letting Paul speak for himself. I don't need nobody's pastor, prophet, apostle, bishop. I don't need nobody to speak for Paul. We don't need nobody to speak for Paul. He's doing it for himself. Let's go on. Let's go to Acts 24. Acts 24. We're going to read verses 10. Then we're going to skip down and read 14 through 16. So Acts 24, verse 10, then 14 through 16. Let's see what else Paul is saying when it comes to defending him, his faith and the things he's done. Acts 24 and 10 says, Then Paul, after that the governor had beckoned unto him to speak, answered, For as much as I know that you has been of many years a judge unto this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. So he's like, I'm glad to speak for myself. Verse 14, he said, but this I confess unto you, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, and have hope towards God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead both of the just and unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and toward man. The only way to have a conscience void of offense toward God is to know that you have never done anything willingly, right, to wrong God, which means you have never done any willing sin, any knowing sin. The only sin you may have ever done was in ignorance, which again is covered by the blood. That's why he said, uh, I have always a conscience void of offense. I have no offense towards God, my conscious mind. I have never done anything consciously wrong against God. How could that be if he did if he broke any laws, if he was a sinner, that wasn't the case. Paul let it be known. He said, I believe all the things which are written in the laws and the prophets. This is Paul speaking for himself. Let's look at another one. Let's go to Acts 28. And we're going to read verses 20 through 23. Acts 28 verses 20 through 23. It says, for this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you 
because that for the hope of Israel, I am bound in these chains. Now, this is Paul talking to Caesar now, defending himself to Caesar. It says, and they said unto him, we need to receive letters out of Judea concerning you. Neither any of the brethren that came that came showed or spake any harm of you. But we desire to hear of you what you think. For as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. It's talking about the resurrection. It says, and when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. Paul only regurgitated what was said before. When he was defending himself, it said he told him, I only believe and I only teach what the uh, laws of Moses and the prophets said. That's all that Paul knew outside of the fact that Jesus had now come down in the flesh and died for your sins. The testimony of Jesus Christ coming in the flesh outside of that one aspect, which is happy in the Old Testament, everything else that he ever taught us, and I mean everything that he ever taught us, was what was already told to us before. This is the regurgitation of Paul. So, if anybody try to tell you Paul said, Paul said, Paul said, just take him to the book and let Paul speak for himself. If you are convinced that Paul said, Paul said, Paul said, just go to the book and let Paul talk to you for himself. See what the man said. I can't find in there nowhere where he tells us not to do those things anymore. I can only find where he tells us to continue in what we have already been taught and what we should already know from before. Well, family, as usual, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's been a blessing to share with you the regurgitation of Paul. But like always, remember, it's okay to be right. But it's better to be righteous. Yeah, yeah.
All the time, I keep it all in mind. We don't got all the time. I put my faith in God and keep up with a righteous heart. I'm on with God, it's like a freezing time. Go in the freezer, man. Don't forget to read this time and want to believe this time. Don't you try to lead this time. Yeah, born in your sins, don't want to lead like that. For you, he was bleeding like that. Don't you try to change on the sins like that. God is direct that you can believe in that. Yeah. We give you the If I read it, I can say that, pray that, homie, don't play that, say that I've been steadily climbing, steadily climbing like I've been steadily coping, steadily hoping like I've been steadily reaching while they be leeching like I've been steadily eating while they been sleeping like Y'all seem to need to wake up, y'all sweet and sour, let me shake up Cover girl, your mind is makeup no cake, tryna get my steak up I said y'all sleep, need to wake up Y'all sweet and sour lemon shake up Cover girl, your mind, that's makeup No cake, tryna get my steak up uh-huh. I'm elevated, y'all still below If you hit me, put two hands up like you feel the flow If you love me, don't be asking what's next, I still don't know I'm just a vessel, I've been wrestling with the devil But still I grow, grow I'm elevated like I'm supposed to be 
y'all just superimposed to me Was inferior, now I got superiority Throw dirt on my name, don't matter, he stay on go for me Me I get elevated by just creating I may not be famous, but I still make it I just can't fake it, like they just can't take it I just been working, it didn't feel like waiting I just brainstorm, then let it soak in I raise the stakes right up from a kid I let it sit, marinate it If you don't like it, that's all, just that flavoring I'm in hell's kitchen, just me in the apron Satan is ordering, something's in store for him I'ma make sure of it, this ain't no tournament I take the seeds and plant them for the beast If I did them like they doing me Then this whole world is gon' grieve, yeah I'm trying to be better, I'm trying to elevate God took my problems and turned them to featherweight Shout out my teachers that said I couldn't count letters I'm trying to count them, my goals look like mountains I won't get their shouting, I won't get their pouting I will get their rising above when they chiming My head in the clouds, my thoughts staying private I got one question, what's louder than silence? Nothing I'm elevating y'all still below If you hit me, put two hands up like you feel the flow you love me, don't be asking what's next, I still don't know I'm just a vessel, I've been wrestling with the devil, but still I grow, grow I'm elevated like I'm supposed to be Authentic, y'all just superimposed to me Was inferior, now I got superiority Throw dirt on my name, don't matter, he stay on go for me